Free Talk Live, the Saturday night edition, all across the country, on the web at freetalklive.com. And you can join in in the fun. It's where you can take over the airwaves by calling the SACL CAI toll-free line 800-259-9231. It's a defense of freedom with a couple people who occasionally get to sit in with the hosts of Free Talk Live. I am Gardner. And I'm Julia. And we're sitting in for Ian and Mark, who have uh, been away last night and tonight. They will be away, and we're counting on you joining us in a virtual think tank of the airwaves so that we can spread the word on freedom. It's great to be here filling in for Ian and Mark, and I don't know if I'm filling in for Ian or Mark but uh, either one, thanks, guys. Appreciate it very much. Julia, good to see you, my friend. Uh, oh, yeah. 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 Let's remind folks of the number, 800-259-9231. As I often say on my own show, uh, write it down. It's your political poison control center number. Call us if you want to weigh in on a number of topics. Uh, you know, picking up from yesterday, and I'm sure we had so many calls towards the end of the program yesterday, Julia, and people can listen in over at the freetalklive.com website uh, where so many sound files are stored up. They can have a great time over there. Uh, but um, yesterday's program, we ended off talking about a number of issues, and I think we're going to be picking up a lot of those topics again tonight. Uh, some of them, new topics tied into discussions we had last night but one of the things that i really wanted to get into is you and i and ian and mark are often talking about how markets and free association can solve many of the problems that government brings to us whether it's manipulation of the money supply or corrupt officials on the local level corrupt officials on the state level not getting any sort of responsiveness taxation the immorality of regulation all these things are all tied in with a recognition that we think needs to be spoken about a little bit more of the sovereignty of the individual, the primacy of the individual. No one has a claim on you. And when government starts to do that, then we we really start running into problems. Let's talk a little bit about some of the problems that we've been seeing with government officials. There's an interesting story, if you get the opportunity, there's an interesting story at lourockwell.com and uh, this one uh, just posted on June 6th by Manuel Laura that I thought was pretty interesting. Uh, he says, I would never have imagined in a million years that there could be government corruption, even in the crane inspecting department. You remember how we've been hearing stories recently? People have been dying in New York with, was it two or three crane failures, collapsing of these cranes? And it's been terrible, and lives have been lost. Of course, everyone thinks that the government is there to protect you, and that the inspectors will somehow add some artificial something that will keep these inspector, keep these crane operators honest, where the profit and loss motivation is really what spurs things. The insurance costs and potential liabilities are really what spur things, not some government official who might appear every quarter or every six months and can be bought off and that's exactly what's been going on in new york not specific to these particular crane crashes but check this story out very interesting as manuel laura writes a senior city official uh, this is actually his quote a senior city buildings official in new york took bribes in exchange for falsely reporting that cranes had been inspected and that crane inspectors had been certified But his actions did not appear to be connected to two recent crane collapses that killed nine people, authorities said Friday. So Manuel, over at LouRockwell.com, says, So will the Department of Buildings suffer a market loss? 
Perhaps its stock will go down. Maybe they will take a hit in subscribers. Will its certification suffer? Will insurance companies still use their services? Oh, wait. This is the state we're talking about. Nothing to see here. Move along. It's interesting because if this was a private company, the government would step in and say, maybe we need to regulate this. (laughs) That's perfect. That's absolutely right. And that's just on the state of New York's level. We have other localities, other states, where they have all sorts of problems. Here in the state of New Hampshire, one of the free staters, Mike Fisher, did a wonderful thing, absolutely genius, where he went about two and a half years ago now, almost three years ago, I think, and he did a nonviolent protest on the very lawn of the licensing licensing agency that licenses people to do manicures, of all things. Manicures. That's right. It, I believe... It still is illegal. They reduce the hours, but yes. it's illegal to. I I cannot give you a manicure right now for right. money. If it's I illegal. asked you and I paid you, we could be arrested. Yes. Yeah, you could be arrested. I can it? give killer yeah. manicures though, so I mean, I don't understand what the problem. We won't is. use those term killer manicures in the same way because, of course, the leftists and collectivists will say, "You see, it can kill." Yes, you'll be putting microbes and weird viruses in your skin with those little cuticle things, and look out—you'll be gone. You want to go to an early just funeral? One person. If we can save just one person and at least have them have really nice nails, it would all be worth it. You know, it, it's it's very. It's, and I I believe that it turned out that the uh, the legislator who proposed that. Um, regulation mm-hmm. happened to be one of the owners of some beauty school well, in New Hampshire. Very interesting because here in New Hampshire we've had some great examples of it. Uh, I was in touch with Sheldon Richmond of the Foundation for Economic Education recently. Uh, well, first we'll finish up the Mike Fisher story. If those who are joining us, maybe they're on one of the news stations all around the country uh, listening to Free Talk Live or they're listening on the web at freetalklive.com where everything is free, by the way. All the services and all the items are free. Uh, one of the things that uh, happened was Mike Fisher did this for a fee. A woman, uh, well, someone we know, a uh, woman asked him for the services, and he took care of her fingernails. He was arrested because he was not licensed, and he did not go through all the training. And, of course, we know that licensing is used by people who are already in a profession to exclude entrance into the marketplace, to exclude lower price competition. They've been trying to do this all around the country with interior designers. Uh, there oh, is a yeah. move afoot everywhere. Uh, in New Hampshire, they tried it a, a couple years ago, and it failed. And in New Hampshire, they tried again, but there's a law in New Hampshire that says that you cannot uh, issue a new bill that's too similar to a bill that came up in the last session. So they tweaked it a little bit and made it a, um, a certification well, if the companies want to certify themselves, they can certify outside the government. Why do you have to have a government standard for what is certification? Again, it's really licensing without any sort of a term, licensing. And this is the sort of thing that really hurts poorer people. Uh, licensing, as we said, excludes people in the competitive marketplace. It forces a number of people who would be able to offer their services for a lot less because they didn't go through all the training, they didn't do all these sorts of things. Maybe their skills aren't, aren't any good, but it excludes my ability to choose. Do I want somebody who's a lot cheaper, might not be as skilled, or do I want somebody who's been certified and licensed by the state? And again, the licensing, the people who inspect... It doesn't necessarily mean that anybody's going to be helped. We just read a story about a crane inspector, which seems like a pretty important thing to be uh, being truthful on. Mm-hmm. 
got bribed well, and passed the inspection that's anyway. That's exactly what opens it up. The guys in the people in government are open to bribery and corruption. I'll give you another example. When I was writing uh, Live Free or Die, which is a book that I have out there, uh, I was doing the last segment of it called Beautiful Chaos, coming up with a market paradigm um, argument in favor of market paradigm over government. And I, it, I came up with a story that came from the Boston Herald about a year ago that was a study that said that in Massachusetts at any given time, they only had, I think it was like two restaurant inspectors on duty in the entire state. And they wanted more money. And or... some, of those, some of those inspectors were rumored to have been corrupt. It's just they're you not going to protect anybody. What's what you know? What's gonna what's gonna keep people safe? Obviously, a free marketeer would argue, as I would, the threat of profit, uh, the the incentive of profit, or the threat of loss. You don't want your name to be bad at a restaurant. Nobody's going to go. You know, it's really funny because I work at a restaurant, and yeah. I have worked at restaurants my entire career, I guess I should say, and. The inspectors, when they come in, I mean, they walk around, they're there for maybe an hour, they look at the ceiling, they they, they pretend like they're doing important mm-hmm. things, they mm-hmm. jot a few notes down, they pass you. Uh, you have to, I'd say you have to be really, really gross to not pass. Right. And, and they're gone and out of our hair and we don't see them for another year. Yeah. We have corporate inspections. They're five hours long and they are in depth in detail and we lose money uh, managers lose money we have incentives to pass those inspections well you're obviously just a capitalist pig how dare you people actually have high standards <laughs> dare you this is free talk live i'm gardner and she is julia and we're filling in for ian and mark the toll-free sickle cai line two eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. it's your show you can take over the air is Free Talk Live, where you control the airwaves. It is your show. It is the phones and the fun. I'm Gardner. And I'm Julia. And we're filling in for Ian and Mark on Free Talk Live all across the country and online at freetalklive.com. Very nice. I'm so glad that interweb exists. That series of tubes, as Senator Ted Stevens described it, the old banker himself, maybe. Here's your series of tubes. Hey, listen, I've got to give you some information about something new and fresh that maybe Ted Stevens might want to check out if he ever actually believed in freedom. You can meet activists who are already achieving success in New Hampshire. How? It's the Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest. June 9th through the 15th at Porkfest, you will be able to meet all those folks who really love freedom, who have come to New Hampshire already or are thinking about coming to New Hampshire. You can meet your Internet and Free Talk Live buddies and make new ones. And you can expand your network of liberty-loving activists. Also, check out the barbecue and the very, very Lafrique Très Chic Fun tent brought to you by our friends at the amazingly cool SACL CAI. Julia, we've got lots to get to, so uh, let's get started on this. To the phones and the fun. Will is on the line in Pennsylvania. We started the program talking about corrupt crane inspectors. And Will seems to think we're a little off base. Hi, Will. Welcome to the program. Thank you for the call. Hey, Willie. Hello. Hey, ba- baby, you're on the air, my friend. What's happening? How are you doing? That transition was smooth. Not, it's unlike uh, normal radio stations. I think you guys are, you guys are uh, pressing the edge there. 
Hey, thanks I didn't a lot. I can hear you. Wow. <laughs> so what can we do for you tonight, Will? I heard you before uh, poo-pooing like you were straight out of Tavistock. <laughs> 9-11 truth. Uh, quite ridiculous you sounded. Uh, well, wouldn't you agree? Were we talking about 9-11 or something? You were talking about uh, a government story is so very believable. We were talking about that doesn't sound like anything that... It's interesting. I wasn't, wasn't sure you were talking about our program, Will. I think no. Uh, well, I heard you poo pooing the GCN tinfoil listeners during the week, and then you have your regular oh, farmer. Gee, you know that's a shame, people. Will. But I appreciate it. Hey, and thank you, you very much for the call, of, of Will. Mark? Thank you. Appreciate the call, Will. I don't think uh, I heard too much from Will that made much sense. So I think we'll move on. I'm not sure on. if he's talking about us or maybe like Ian during the week because we didn't talk about 9-11 at all no. yesterday. And I certainly would never no. trust and, and anything. Will, Will, apologies if we cut you off too early, but it, it wasn't making any sense. So, you know, maybe you want to call back if it was something that Ian and Mark were, were taking care of at a certain point. Uh, of course, you can take it up with them. But I think we'll move on so that the listeners have a little something to grab onto with their intellect. Uh, it's it's uh, 800 Two five nine ninety two thirty one, Julia. Uh, I was just going to say we have another phone call. Richard and Callie wants to talk about stuff. All right, he's going back to Callie. Richard, thank you very much for the call. You are on Free Talk Live. Richard, go for it. Yeah, um, I was going to get into the Bilderberg Conference, but first I want to bring up nine eleven truth. Um, it, you know, there, it was an inside job. I work closely with Richard Gage, an architect, and I support all the engineers. And I just want to go over some key points. Uh, well, you know, you know, I got, I got to stop you because. No, free fall um, speed, free fall speed, free fall speed, free fall speed. Okay, thanks. Appreciate the call. Symmetry and multi. Take care. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That was fun. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. You know, as as interesting as the speculation is, let's not speculate. Let's move into some concrete information about free market economics, well, individual of liberty. Concrete information. Yes. Some urgent info is in from Paula in Florida. Paula, Paula. you're on the line. Hi, Paula. You're on the program, and thank you for the call. How are you? It's good to talk to someone sensible. Well, we've got a very serious problem. Uh, we have human waste that's being hauled all over our country along the highways. They're dripping this stuff everywhere. I know. Most of them and, are in Congress. Yeah. And, well, <laughs> but anyway, the thing is, they're taking these to pastures and dumping this stuff. Now, this stuff is full of disease. Okay? This is terrible. The cattle are eating this. A lot of them are, are dying. The cattle are, are their babies are even dying. Uh, they, this is spreading. If some of them do survive, people get the meat and then they get sick. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I talked to a gentleman that has this, and the doctors are so, so scared of this stuff, they won't even take a blood test. Well, listen, Paula, you know, thanks for the heads up on that. And of course, uh, keep abreast of it, watch it closely, spend a lot of time checking it out. But I also appreciate your information on the Israel Iran thing last night. That was breaking mm-hmm. news. And of course, the price of oil didn't get up to a, $150 a barrel, but it did shoot up a lot. So thank they you for They said it's going to that. You know, pretty quickly. Like, I mean, the representatives in Washington are doing something about it. We we're going to have to close the schools down because they wouldn't have the money for the fuel. Mm. So I called Washington and got a bill started, and they're going to get money to the school system so they can afford the fuel for the buses. Well, um, unfortunately, that's not constitutional, so I have to, you know, chastise well, the you a little is, bit. We don't for have. That. They don't have the money. They're going to shut down the schools. I got to slap you a little oh, bit. Oh, they got plenty got of money. Slap you on the wrist a little bit there, Paul. I love you, but uh, don't ask the federal government to be sending out money to localities, please. Well, they've no already more. started. The, they're working on the bill right now. Oh, man, oh, man. Call them back and ask them to stop. Say, Gardner said please stop. Thanks a lot for the call, Paul. Okay. I appreciate All it. Right. You got it. We'll talk to you soon. Julia, man, we started off with a bang. Yeah. Yeah, well, man. Uh, hey, uh, I want to get back to this uh, 
corrupt officials thing? Because you have some information on the federal officials who have turned out to be corrupt. And uh, I think that would be good to sort of spice things up, Julia. Okay. Yeah. Actually, we have two more callers. Yes. So I think we should go to those first. All right. We'll tease everybody. We'll get to that in a minute. All right. We have Jeff in Tampa who wants to talk about New Hampshire. Jeff, thank you very much for calling. And I'm sorry we have all the cow manure on the sides of the roads in New Hampshire. What's happening, buddy? Good afternoon. Uh, I uh, I was born and raised in New Hampshire. I live in Tampa, Florida now. All right. Uh, and I've heard you mention it several times. I generally refer to people to New Hampshire's license plate or the motto of live free or die as a polite yeah. way of saying leave me the F alone. Yeah. And uh, I very much take that to heart. I'm an NRA member. Good. I uh, very much believe in the Second Amendment means what it says, which means an individual's right to, to keep and bear arms. And I'm just looking for a little bit of elucidation on uh, who you folks are. Uh, uh, you're oh. new in our market. Well, so yes. Last Saturday, there's a format change in uh, local radio station that I'm listening to you on today. And which station and, uh, are you are you tuned into right now? Uh, 970 WFLA. Oh yes, indeed. That started up just last week, didn't it? FLA. Yes, it did. Oh, terrific! And our thanks to everybody at WFLA. I know that Mark and Ian have been working very hard in uh, getting more stations signed on, and I appreciate your call uh, responding to the new show. Of course, Julie and I are filling in, but hopefully, we're sort of uh, part and parcel to the uh, sort of ideas and philosophy that Mark and Ian and and the and and the issues they're going to discuss. Um, and of course, the listeners really uh, play a big part in this, my friend. Uh, new Hampshire. One of the reasons that New Hampshire seems to be such a focus is New Hampshire seems so unique. As you know, for a long time, our, our motto, live free or die, uh, really stood out. New Hampshire seemed like it had a real flinty individualist nature. Massachusetts was to the south. Vermont was to the west. Maine was to the northeast. We were surrounded by a sea of collectivists and socialists. But New Hampshire held firm. We never had an income tax. We never had a sales tax. We resisted everyone's efforts to try to restrict guns. They would come up with bottle bills, and we'd shoot them down. Spending initiatives would be shot down. Slowly, it's changed slightly because there is a battle at hand right now between those people who are the long-term New Hampshire people who've lived here for a long time and are very strong individualists and the Free State Project members who are coming in here more and more to help them out and really help retain individual liberty and the socialist collectivists who have moved to New Hampshire because New Hampshire has less of a burden on their livelihoods. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Stay on the line. Our number, folks, is 800-259-9231. I'm Gardner. I'm Julia. And this is Free Talk Live. There's a reason it doesn't sound like the old media. Which of those court justices are going to sit there and err on the side of your Fourth Amendment? That's because it's the new media. Dan Carlin. Common sense. I think fast and I talk fast and the people that like this program can deal with that. Common sense with Dan Carlin. A free-thinking, politically independent view of things from a man who's had way too much caffeine. Get the MP3 or podcast at iTunes or go to dancarlin.com. Control the airwaves. You control the content. 
when we are here for you. Free Talk Live every Monday through Saturday, six days a week. Go to freetalklive.com to find the archives and so much more. I'm Gardner. And I'm Julia. And got a little bit of information for you. He's the enemy of the state. He's the agent of the sovereign individual. He's Ted Galahad, Freedom Engineer. The Anarcho-Capitalist Adventure Series continues in freedomengineering.com. That's freedomengineering.com. Remember that one? And there is a hyphen, freedom-engineering.com. Some good folks who back up Free Talk Live. And let's get back to the phones and the fun. You control the air and you control the content. We introduce ideas and then you run with it at Free Talk Live. We were speaking with Patrick in Florida. No. Jeff in Florida. Jeff in Florida. Two and then different Patrick people want to next. talk about the same thing. All right, excellent. So, uh, Jeff, let's go back to you. You wanted to know a little bit more about New Hampshire. And, of course, uh, you were just learning a little bit about us having tuned in at WFLA over in Tampa Bay at 970 a.m., correct? That's correct. Excellent. Thank I, you. I was born and raised in Dover, New Hampshire, and uh, I'm a big advocate of what you were just describing about the motivations of the founding of the state and the way it was run. Yes. And uh, just punctuate what you were saying, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. I view that the general demographic shift has been people from Massachusetts specifically moving into New Hampshire to get away from the taxes they created by creating the nanny state of Massachusetts. And now they're coming into New Hampshire and voting for the very same types of candidates that put the huge tax burden on them in Massachusetts and trying to do the same thing in New Hampshire. We so call them assholes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jeff, i got to well, ask I, I you... Are you a doctor? No, I'm, the, a, well, uh, I'm a, a contractor. I'm your a, prescription, I'm a contractor. your prescription and diagnosis. Well, your diagnosis is absolutely right, and the prescription is getting you people up here. You got to move here so we can fight them. That's that's the deal. You hit it right on the nose. That's exactly what goes on. And I think the problem, Jeff, is that they don't understand the philosophical baggage they carry with them. They don't understand. They believe that the individual can be subsumed to the dictates of the majority. They believe that the services need to be provided by government, that somehow people will be left hanging if individuals are left on their own to have their own trash collected or to pay for fire services or have a volunteer fire service. And they bring all that baggage. You're absolutely right. Well, well I remember, uh, you know, the, the town meetings and, you know, the state legislature of the state of New Hampshire is unique to the whole country and that you have the lowest proportion of lawyers in the state legislature of any other state in the country. Yeah. And every single battle, uh, I mean, every single proposal for, for a government expenditure, whether it was additional purchase of road sand, you know, sand that's put on the road, was a, was a battle over, you know, uh, how much it was going to cost. Who was going to have input as to the decision and that sort of thing? And that's really as it has to be, in my opinion, when it comes to spending the taxpayers' money. Yeah. That's one of the things I get so frustrated about about a fair tax is that uh, it seems so unworkable to me, and and that it's the you know I'm a contractor, and so I have to estimate my taxes every quarter. I have to pay, I send a check every two weeks, and then I have to do a final end of year return, like like most people. And I feel it every two weeks at minimum, and you know, most people don't feel it. It's withdrawn from their their paycheck every week, and so uh, yeah. they don't really feel it. Uh, and yet 50% of the population of this country, the working population, re- effectively pays no income taxes. And so they don't really feel the pain of, uh, you know, this over- unbelievable burden of taxation that we have. And the, I think just to punctuate it, because I know there's other people who want to talk, we're living in a world now where we the three-word sentence can be uttered and the simplistic view... Um, uh, you know, takes hold, like the idiots who called a few minutes ago about uh, an inside job yeah. uh, on the World Trade Center. The fire weakened the, the steel. That's all you have to know. You know, hey. and, and yet, you, you know, somebody, and perhaps it's you folks and others, 
can, can fight this three-word sentence battle because you say an idiotic thing in three or four words, and then you have paragraphs to refute it. Yeah. And uh, somehow or other, we're going to have to fight that, because I think that's the biggest danger we face as a free people. Uh, I'd love to see more people move to New Hampshire, but I don't want to see you know, my friends get crowded out of their homes. <laughs> well, Jeff, uh, you know, I'm really glad you're aboard here. And as, as we mentioned, Julie and I are just sitting in for, for Ian and Mark, and it's, so, it's such an honor to be able to be on in Florida to have our voice heard. You know, I do a daily show uh, in the, in, during the day from 1 to 3. If you go to libertyconspiracy.com, you can hear about some of the New Hampshire stories that we're dealing with because of all these folks who have come from Massachusetts. But hearing a guy like you, I would, boy, would I welcome you to come by and be my neighbor, man, because I know. Well, I'll tell you, you know, Florida has got some pretty appealing things, too. You know, we uh, with the right to carry state. Yes. New Hampshire always has been, of course, but uh, Florida has a huge number of people who can feel carry. The crimes committed by people with rights to carry are below one half of one percent. And, you know, the, the crime rate is falling here because of that. And yet, you know, you, you have a huge uh, concentration of New Yorkers in southeastern Florida, you know, the idiots that couldn't figure out how to vote three or four times in 2000, <laughs> and uh, even though they all voted absentee in New York, by the way, and uh, so we have our hands full here, but uh, Florida, surprisingly, reminds me in a lot of ways of New Hampshire, but uh, keep up the good work. Uh, you, I'm going to be listening. Thank you very much, and thank you for the call from yep. Florida. Keep um, listening, man. And, you know, one of the things that brings up, Julia, is the idea, as he was talking about New Hampshire, New Hampshire is one of those states that held on to the old, seemingly archaic to many of the leftists, ideas of the founders. And I think the founders didn't even go far enough. I wish that they had stuck with uh, something like the Articles of Confederation or gone total uh, anarcho-capitalist, total free market. But, you know, they, what they tried to do was set up a system of at least competing governmental systems. And here he is uh, Which doing is, a good job the comparing. Best, the best government that was ever created, was, you know, far, I mean, as far as governments yeah, go. Yeah, unfortunately, the tendency they had is good intentions. once you establish government, it is, right. it is all Going it is to the nature There's to grow and grow. Do. Exactly. The politicians are going to get in there. They're going to use it despite what's written, despite the warnings, despite the, all the all the proscriptions. They're going to use it to their advantage. And it started with Alexander Hamilton, went through uh, Henry Clay, went through Abraham Lincoln, who I think was one of the worst presidents ever in the history. I mean, he was a dictator and, and a murderer. Uh, but we can get to, to that a little more. But what's interesting is there in the conversation, you hear a man calling from Florida to compare their system to our system. Wouldn't it be nice if we could do that a little more? Instead, politicians do what they lean more towards the large size answers the one size fits all federal system we've got to have a bailout for housing we have to have a federal health care system all these different types of things let's get back to the phones 800-259-9231 back into florida patrick is on the line patrick you're on free talk live thanks for the call thank you uh i'm, I'm an independent voter and a veteran who is endorsing president john mccain and that's because I'm convinced with his liberal tendencies, uh, he'll want to appoint Hillary and Obama for the Mars mission as co-captains. They're always <laughs> talking about universal everything, so they can go out there into the world, out there into space, and uh, interact with intergalactic life, and oh, maybe we'll get somewhere. Well, you know, you had me scared there. I was uh, <laughs> Julie and I were looking at each other like, uh-oh, this is looking dangerous. Boy, you know, i got to say, you sound almost as sensible as some of the people that I've spoken to outside the polling places when I asked them to provide a rationale for their vote. I'll give you an example. Back when John McCain was running back in 1999-2000, I ran into the guy. He tried to lie to my face about the McCain-Feingold bill, and I, I, you know, I, I called him on it. And then later, uh, we went to the voting place, 
and there was a woman standing outside with a John McCain for president sign, right? So, um, you know, I, I, I'm there, and I say, oh, you're, you're boosting for McCain. You want people to vote for McCain. She goes, yeah, that's right. McCain's my guy. And I said, okay, that's great. And uh, she was a lot younger than my, my impression of her sounds. Uh, so anyway, so I said, great. Um, can you tell me why I should vote for him? Because, of course, there she is standing there. Well, you know, he's my guy. Okay, I know you said that. Um, how do you feel about McCain-Feingold? Oh, I don't know. I don't know Senator Feingold. I was like, okay, no, I mean the bill, the McCain-Feingold anti-free speech bill. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. She says, well, I, I don't know. I, I think it's fine. I was like, well, let me ask you this. Do you think that common sense could have been written if the McCain-Feingold bill existed, you know, Common Sense by Thomas Paine, right? Most people, are, if they went through high school, maybe they caught a whiff of the name Thomas Paine or the words Common Sense. She goes, I've got a lot of common sense. I was like, do you even know what I'm talking about? <laughs> she had no clue. She didn't know what, you know, and it's these, and I hate to say it, ill-informed or uninformed people, they go out and when they vote, they think, oh, I'm voting to get something great done. They're voting to regulate people. Final thoughts, Patrick? Well, I tell you what. Let's keep them on the line just in case. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Where you control the conversation. It's all about freedom. It is Free Talk Live all around the country and freetalklive.com on that interweb thing. Call us at the SACL CAI toll-free line. Employ it and get involved at 800-259-9231. Ian and Mark are the usual hosts. Tonight, I, Gardner, and she... Is Julia. We get the opportunity to fill in for those two very nice guys. 800-259-9231. We are strapped in. Wink, wink, Julia. That was funny. We were talking off the air about some funny stuff. And ready to go. Okay, now, we've got lots to get to. We open the program, if you are just joining us, open the program with a story from New York about how it has been shown that a New York official with the Department of Buildings was accepting bribes when he was going to inspect, yeah, you got it, cranes. They still have not been able to prove whether this man was involved with any of the inspections for the cranes that have collapsed. Nine but people have died. But they're investigating it, I'm sure. Oh, yes, I'm sure. And in the meantime, he's uh, probably on administrative leave. Which is where he still gets paid mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and gets a little sweet vacation. You got it. And Manuel Laura, uh, who was a blogger over at uh, free talk, uh, uh, LouRockwell.com, asks this question. So will the Department of Buildings suffer a market loss? Perhaps its stock will go down. Maybe they'll take a hit in subscribers. Maybe their certification will suffer. Will insurance companies still use their services? Oh, wait. This is the state we're talking about. Nothing to see here. Move along. Julia, you had an excellent comment. I'd love for you to repeat it. You said that, uh, well, shoot, these guys need to be investigated by the state. 
Yeah. LASIK, for example, we had talked about LASIK, LASIK recently. Surgery. And LASIK has something like a 95% satisfaction rate. And it's a fairly unregulated surgery, yes. fairly new surgery. So obviously there are some risks involved. But it continues to get better and cheaper because of the lack of regulation. Yeah. Well, the federal government has stepped in and said, we've had some complaints. We might need to regulate. Unbelievable. How, can you regulate your little you crane know, industry here? And, and something that needs to be kept in mind, the politicians, especially since FDR's time, have used the Interstate Commerce Clause of the U.S. Constitution to say that something goes over state borders, therefore we can regulate it. It just gives them power, it aggrandizes power to them, they accrue it, and unfortunately they employ it to shake down more people, get more campaign, campaign donations, and ruin our ability to be able to go to whom we want to go for services or particular products. And here in New Hampshire, for a long time, the Free State Project, now recognizing New Hampshire over the past few years as one of the better places to live, uh, we've resisted that tendency, and we're looking for more people to come here and help resist it. Patrick At a was on slower the line. rate, I'd say. Yes, indeed. Patrick was on the line with us from Florida, and Patrick, I just wanted to bring you in before we had to leave, and I believe Patrick is still with us, and the number is 800 259 231. Didn't want to cut you off, Patrick, and let you have the last word. Well, thank you. Uh, I just want to address, once again, the Mars mission, which will actually have a better name called the Goonie Buffoons mission. <laughs> the Goonie Buffoonie. Hey, let, right, me ask all, you, and let me ask you something. This is Patrick, sorry, sorry, to, sorry to interject. I just need to ask you. Uh, you know, as a little kid, I used to think the NASA missions were so cool. And now I'm thinking to myself, how cool is it to have a bunch of scientists have things funded that are like their hobbies that they find really interesting, and people are being forced to pay for it whether they want to or not, right? Yeah, that's true, uh, and that's why I'm definitely opposed to the universal uh, health care and universal everything else that Hillary and Obama uh, want to try to institute because I do give to charitable organizations and charitable organizations that I've investigated, that I'm confident that when they spread their money around, it's going to the homeless or it's going to other people that are in need. I don't want to compulsory have to give my money to anybody that's sitting around on their behind on a daily basis throughout the year, and they're fully functional as far as having you know, a, a readily uh, capable ability to go out and do something and contribute. But uh, anyway, Hillary and Obama want to... Uh, want to babysit these type of people and i am totally opposed to it and finally uh once again i would think that once they get to mars uh they can talk to and involve marvin the martian and find out what they think about the uh immigration policy there and how we might interfere with their problem patrick you're a genius thank you so much for hanging on the line and thank you for calling in from florida great call thanks a lot patrick julia i'm laughing what were you going to say um, give me a minute. Okay. Well, I just wanted to mention, you know, he was talking about charitable organizations and, and the health care situation. There are so many instances where I've been in conversations with people and they've asked me, do you think we're reaching a threshold in the United States where, as I, and I mentioned it yesterday on last night's show, where there are going to be enough people who recognize that they can live off the productive capacity of the producers and um, yes, we're yeah, and we're already at that point. I brought up the the statistic from the National Taxpayers Union that the top twenty five percent of earners, and by the way, that threshold is sixty two thousand dollars a year. They pay eighty five point nine percent of all federal income taxes. It's 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 already reached that point. 
if people but think, we should tax them more than the working class because they're rich. Yeah, and if people think that Barack Obama how is dare somehow, they earn money yeah, and be productive? If if people think that Barack Obama is going to be going to be beaten by John McCain, uh, I think Barack Obama stands a very very strong likelihood of winning because he appeals to this this desire from people to get something from someone else, and they don't even and realize they're going to be so disappointed. Well, yeah, the problem is that they don't even realize that when they're trying to get the government to get something for them from someone else, they're hurting everybody's lives. They're hurting their own lives. They're hurting people's ability to be able to get new jobs with the money that people would normally have in their pockets that they would spend the way they want to. That's how you get a productive society. And if they think that John McCain is somehow a good alternative... Well, they ought to check out what John McCain thinks about, oh, I don't know, the Fourth Amendment, uh, a declaration of war. Can you imagine a man who was held prisoner in an undeclared war saying, go ahead, give the president any power he wants, even though the only thing that is constitutionally provided for the Congress to do if they want the president to lead the troops is that they have to declare war with a capital W. They had an opportunity to do it. Ron Paul offered a declaration of war about five, six years ago when they wanted to use the troops, and John McCain didn't vote for that. John McCain, Mr. Military. All the folks who are big supporters of John McCain, if you're sort of new to this idea of actually sticking to the Constitution, take a look at that document, because McCain swore an oath to uphold it. I didn't. But I'm sticking to it more than he does. And I don't even think it goes far enough to protect my freedoms. That, I think, is really something to be ashamed of. And I recognize what John McCain went through when he was a prisoner. This is a man who, I believe, said that we should stay in Iraq for 100 more years. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Obviously, uh, he's a nut job. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about that a little bit more in a a moment because I think we're going to be expanding our purview here. Jason is on the line in Tampa again at WFLA. I have a lot of listeners there. It's great to know. And you can get involved by calling 800-259-9231. Jason, you are on Free Talk Live. Thank you for the call. Jason, are you there? Jason going once. Jason going twice. Jason gone. Looks like he's gone. All right. Now, uh, Julia, you had some examples that we wanted to discuss of the federal corruption, the ways that government, which is insulated from competition, can take our money and we can get no responsiveness, whether it's trying to get through a line more quickly at an airport, uh, trying to deal with some sort of federal official, whether it's the drug war, whatever it might be. These opportunities spring up all the time, don't they? Right. Um, we were talking earlier about just corruption in government in in general, and I think a lot of people think that this sort of doesn't happen very often, and, and when it does, swift justice is taken. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just thought this was a, a silly little article on ABC.com mm-hmm. um, called Feds Gone Wild, and it just has some of the examples of uh, corruption that they've discovered in the federal government. So I'm just going to read a couple of these off because they're really funny. Yeah. Uh, a Department of Homeland Security airport security officer stole $18,000 from his elder, elderly mother, stopped paying her nursing home bill, and ran up charges on her credit card. Sounds like a nice guy. That's cool. I thought when you said Fed's gone wild, you were going to talk about Madeline Albright taking her top off on <laughs> spring break. That would be really scary. Yeah. Uh, Homeland Security Department Inspector General reported investigators found evidence an official there may have swapped sensitive law enforcement information to white supremacists for drugs, sex, and money. 
Pretty good. Uh, Warren Zevon could have sung about that. It's pretty close to one of his lyrics, Lawyers, Guns, and Money. Uh, here's a, a Border Patrol officer who married and lived with an undocumented alien and immigration official who lived with his illegal immigrant girlfriend and helped her obtain fake pa- papers. Oh. And these are the people that the immigration zealots want to stop uh, immigrants from coming in. These are those people. Government you think this is going to work? It is so responsive. I'm sure the Founding Fathers would be proud. You can take control of the airwaves, 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, the Saturday edition, here for you all across the country and online at freetalklive.com, the website where the features are all free, the archives are free, everything there is free for you, freetalklive.com. Give us a call, the SACL CAI line is 800-259-9231, 800-259-9231, I am Gardner. And I'm Julia. And we are filling in for Ian and Mark tonight, honored and very happy to be doing so. With you, members of the virtual think tank out in the airwaves. Good to have you here, everybody. Uh, Hour number one is under our belts, as the proverbial uh, rhetoric might go, and we have a lot more to discuss. We opened the program talking about a corrupt official in New York supposedly out there to take care of people's safety for cranes when, in fact, he was taking bribes and was not really inspecting the cranes. But that's the sort of thing that you can expect from government and you're not going to get the kind of response that you would get in the private marketplace. I think that the important thing to note here is that these people have sovereign immunity. In the article, it says that their names will not be released. That's right. You think that if this was Jack in the Box, that the you know their names wouldn't be released? Excellent point. The whole idea of sovereign immunity of the these state is so These people are so not bad. held responsible for ruining lives. I don't know what you think, Julia, but I've held for a long time. If we we're going to operate under a state entity, which I wish we would not, because addressability is reduced, responsiveness is reduced, the people in government have perverse incentives to do things that... And not all of them, but it's want. a system that encourages exactly. and allows encourages this it. sort of behavior. Right. I would like to see all politicians and all bureaucrats to be held liable for any mistakes they make, all politicians to be held liable for any of the laws that they passed in order to create the bureaucracies that they created, and I'd like to see anyone who voted for those people to be held liable as well. Yeah. So you could sue for, for damages and go to a tort claim against all those people. If we're going to have politicians, these are supposed to be public servants, right? Shouldn't they be held to a higher standard than the rest of us? How come they get special treatment? That's an excellent point. You know, there are a couple points that were brought up a little bit earlier, and I I do want to make sure that we get to them. And we'll get right to your calls. 800-259-9231 is how you reach us, the SACL-CAI line. And uh, we did have a call that we're going to address this in just a minute, but let's get right back to the phones and the fun. Frank is on the line. Frank is calling. Where's Frank calling from, by the way? Where is Frank calling from? Florida. Excellent. Boy, we got a lot from Florida. Frank, welcome to Free Talk Live. How are you doing, buddy? Yes, very good. Uh, I was going to say that uh, government, of course, is the real monopolist. You got it. The uh, purpose of government is to protect uh, monopolies and to uh, stifle competition. The uh, 
my understanding of the American Disabilities Act, uh, Hilton and the major hotel chains decided to uh, put the uh, medium and small uh, competitors out of business. So they invested over the years in uh, uh, friendly atmospheres for uh, handicapped people. Then they wrote the law requiring high investments, which they had already made, uh, to uh, help handicapped people. Uh, They got the government to pass the law, and they put their... uh, smaller competitors at a great uh, disadvantage by doing that. Well, you know, you bring up an excellent point. Uh, in fact, uh, Stephen Moore explained about cap-and-trade recently in the Wall Street Journal. Stephen Moore, of course, a very strong free marketeer, uh, was explaining how there are all sorts of businesses out there that were pushing for the Warner-Lieberman bill that just died uh, yesterday, I believe, in the Senate. Uh, and they, those were very large corporations that knew that they had already instituted all sorts of green technologies in mm-hmm. in their programs, uh, in the way they operate. But they were going to be able to make money or suppress competition because the competition, the smaller guys within the margins, would not be able to afford it. You're absolutely right. And, you know, let's talk a little bit about monopoly. A lot of people look at monopolies and they think, oh, this is evil, this is terrible. For example, we we saw the lawsuit against Microsoft back in the late 90s where Janet Reno, of all people, the woman who claimed responsibility for the death of 76 people in Waco, Texas, burned alive or crushed or smothered. She said that Microsoft's practices in bundling its Windows Media Player with its operating system were not only anti-competitive, um, uh, it's the definition of competition to introduce better things for the customers, hello, but she also said they were anti-American. That takes a lot of guts coming from a person like her. I'll tell you anti-American and anti-competitive, the federal government. Yes, that's exactly right. Boy, I'm so glad that you brought that up, Frank, because your, your, your mention of it, I think, could have gone completely missing tonight in our conversation on things. And it's so important for people to remember, the only companies that are not protected from other people trying to enter the marketplace are those companies that are protected by business or the uh, protected by government are those that are created by the governments themselves. Thank you very much for the call, Frank. I really appreciate you calling in from Florida. And another point, Julia, that, that needs to be brought up. Just because a company becomes dominant in the marketplace, as we were discussing with some of the big radio hosts who are out there, we had a conversation uh, last night. Someone called in who said that he thought that the rich should be made to pay more. And I said, look, just because somebody has become rich, and you brought it up, doesn't mean that he's evil. In fact, what it shows is that he's been able to please consumers a lot. He would not have... I, the claim that the guy made, I believe, was $40 million. Rush Limbaugh yeah. would not have $40 million if he didn't please people because nobody would give him money if it's they didn't like what he was doing. Thing. Where, let's look at it this way, and I'll go back to what we discussed yesterday. In what, in what, what human attribute has brought about the greatest increase in the standard of living in human history? What what on earth has brought about better livelihoods, better standards of living for all people who can have an opportunity to enjoy the fruits of that? Human ingenuity. That is human minds unfettered and allowed to work with other people in a voluntary way. That one attribute, human ingenuity, has brought about the greatest changes in human history. And, of course, what has brought about the most destruction, the greatest theft, the most repression, the most regulation, the most redistribution of wealth? What has done it? Government. That one 
construct of man has been the most destructive construct ever created by mankind. And you see it in, for example, the suit against Microsoft. How much money did they have to spend defending themselves when they could have been producing more things to do what? Please the customer. This happens all the time. We talked about licensing before. The people who fight the licensing rules... They could be very busy doing other things. Doing what? Pleasing the customer. And instead, politicians who don't want to go in and compete against these people to offer the alternative that or they want. Or friends of politicians who pay them off. Yeah, we've got the payday loan industry in the United States. I mentioned it yesterday. The, the, the magazine The Free Man on the cover from the Foundation for Economic Education has an article about how the payday loan industry all around the country is being attacked, just like interior designers are being attacked. Why? Because politicians don't like the rates that the payday loan industry charges people. It's not as if the payday loan people are going out and kidnapping people and tying them up with very thick ropes and forcing them to have to take payday loans. People voluntarily take them because they have an incentive to do so. It betters their lives. They've had zero complaints in the state of New Hampshire, and yet the government of New Hampshire just passed a law to tell them that they have to charge rates that cannot go above X amount. Well, we need to protect the poor people. And of course, what's going to happen? They can't do business. Health care. Here's a great example. Everybody says that health care is broken in this, in this country. And well, it is, but it is not because for the of reasons government. that, yes. Exactly. You go back in the history of the United States, and you look at what happened when government got involved in, in, in basically first in regulating business, which gave businesses an incentive. What happened when Roosevelt was president, he put wage and price controls on businesses. They had to find another route to try to attract good customers, because just like cost, uh, good employees, because just like employees need to work, the employers need good employees. So they offered them insurance packages and health care coverage. Then in the 1970s, the early 70s, Ted Kennedy got a bill passed for large employers. They were able to get tax write-offs if they got insurance for their employees. Well, that warps the marketplace because people then see, well, I could buy insurance myself, but I can't write it off my taxes. Or I could take insurance from my employer. I'll get insurance from my employer. Now we have the government saying... Here in New Hampshire, insurance companies have to cover, cover bariatric surgery. Uh, they can't charge smokers more. It's absolutely ridiculous. I tell government people one thing. You don't like it? Why don't you start a business and do what you would want all these people to do? Do it yourself. Don't force people. Yep. We'll be back with more. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. and you control the conversation. You do so by calling a SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. This is Guard. And this is Julia. Otherwise known as Ian and Mark. It's good to have you here. And, uh, yes, we've had some surgery, so we're taking care of Ian and Mark are not here tonight. And I, Guard, and she, Julia. Julia, the lovely and talented and highly intelligent Julia, are filling in for those very lovely and highly intelligent and talented boys as well. Hey, got some information for you about some of the most talented people I know in business, the folks at SACL CAI, the people who help Free Talk Live come to you with the voice of freedom. 
Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? Well, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients as well. It's SACL, S-A-K-A-L-C-A-I.com. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com. Do business with businesses that support Free Talk Live, and SACL definitely does so. And, folks, if you are coming to Porkfest here in New Hampshire, starting up in just a few short days, everyone is going to be gathering. I'll be there probably Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday uh, evening, and Saturday all day hosting a bunch of uh, uh, panel discussions, things like that. Be there or be square. Yep. You don't want to uh, be Free square, Free Talk Live will be broadcasting Thursday, Friday, uh, Saturday, and they will definitely not be square. No. But I, I heard from Huey Lewis that it's hip to be square. I don't yeah. know. And Diva once said that they were through being cool, baby. Oh, yeah. So it's going to be great. Check it out. Uh, head on over to SACLCAI.com. Find out what they do. And recommend it. If you're not in the fields of banking or medicine or uh, or some field that uh, really needs to handle their collections, recommend them to a friend who might be in that industry. Because SACLCAI, they do great work and they defend freedom. Okay, let's get right back to the phones and the fun. You control the conversation and let's get to the call. Let's go. Oh, wow. We've got Oklahoma on the line. Jim is on the line in Oklahoma. Oh, John. Hey, John. Welcome to the program. You're on Free Talk Live. Thank you very much. Yeah, hey. Thank you very much. Um, I'd like to make a comment on uh, about three different subjects. Number one, I heard Glenn Beck interview the libertarian uh, elected uh, candidate, right, Bob Barr, the day after the uh, libertarian convention. And I was really excited. He's the only candidate I know of that I can truly get behind with any enthusiasm. I'd like to see him uh, link up with Ron Paul as his vice presidential candidate. And I guarantee you I'll jump out there and, and support him every way I can, including door-to-door uh, you know, uh, circulations, whatever, whatever they need, they need in the way of uh, publication, distribution. Also, um, there's a website known, known as the Morgan Quitno Press, uh, Morgan and Quitno, Q-U-I-T-N-O, one mm-hmm. word, yeah. press, mm-hmm. and they uh, have a website called morganquitno.com, and they rate uh, cities and states for livability on an annual basis, and ever since, and beginning with 2004 until uh, through 2008, New Hampshire has been rated as number one in the nation on 44 different factors. You might want to pull that uh, website up and maybe even print out the uh, New Hampshire ratings. Uh, and they'll even give you city breakdowns as well in major cities in, in New Hampshire uh, in case people on the air uh, calling in wish to know more about the free state uh, campaign you have going. Because New Hampshire, it's unbelievable that one state would, would have, have its ratings number one for that many years in a row. Yeah, well, thank one you last for the info. Point. Yeah. Uh, neither Hillary Clinton nor Obama could possibly get a security clearance. Uh, we, we've heard a lot lately about Obama's uh, a close long-term relationships with uh, terrorists, with uh, uh, North American or uh, American-hating, uh, you know, ministers and uh, people who uh, essentially are uh, very have very shady dealings, uh, criminal activity. Uh, this man plus Hillary. By the way, Hillary. Uh, when she was in the White House as Clinton's wife, but in no official capacity, she wanted to be sitting in on uh, security 
uh, high security intelligence yes. uh, briefings, and they would not let her because they they told Bill Clinton that she would, could not possibly pass a clearance. Therefore, I believe in the future that we should not allow anyone to run for high public office who cannot pass a security clearance uh, at whatsoever, because these people are all security risk. We've seen numerous senators who have leaked information beneficial to our uh, enemies abroad uh, just for their, politic- their own political gain. And I really think that we need to stop uh, allowing just anybody off the street to, w- to go in and-, and campaign for you know, their own candidacy. Yeah, John, you know, uh, a lot to think about there. A a question that comes to mind, though, is uh, you mentioned Bob Barr first off, and that's actually something Julie and I discussed before the program, and it's a a very large topic we wanted to discuss, and it's very, very meaty with a lot of very interesting nuances to it. Um, it, One of the things I wanted to ask you, John, is uh, prior to deciding that you thought Bob Barr looked like a really good candidate, and of course uh, you acknowledged also your uh, your affinity for the uh, the moves by Ron Paul recently, who's done such a wonderful job in promoting freedom. Would you have identified yourself as an independent voter, uh, a Republican, a Democrat, or something else? An independent conservative. Mm-hmm. And and the Bob Barr subject, just to give you the heads up is really one uh, which is very a uh, very contentious subject. So we're going to start off with that one and uh, let you sort of weigh in on this, and then we'll, we'll move on to the others, uh, other topics Well, I'll tell you, I'm, I'm on a limited cell phone, which uh, charged me by the we'll minute, so you, I'd rather listen on we'll, the air if you don't mind. You got it, John, and thank you very much thank for the Thank you very call. much. I appreciate your time. Oh, it's, it's our pleasure. You give us such a great topic to discuss. He's obviously listening at uh, 960 AM uh, KGWA in uh, Oklahoma. So thanks very much, John. Uh, you know, Julia, uh, you and I have been involved with libertarianism, I for a little bit longer, but we're pretty hardcore believers in individual liberty, in the uh, precept of the Libertarian Party uh, on which it was founded, which is the non-aggression idea, the idea that you should not be initiating force. The folks who are in the Libertarian Party are sort of broken right now. They're split over the Bob Barr thing. And what has happened is the Libertarian Party, which was originally formed, I'm told, as an intellectual sort of an intellectual movement, but was given the term party like a political party, is now seeing some problems because by attracting more people who feel very disenfranchised from the Republican ranks and are more conservative, they have gone with Bob Barr, a former Republican congressman from Georgia, very conservative guy who in the past has supported a number of things, including the drug war, the Defense of Marriage Act, uh, and the Patriot Act, that some of which he has, he has now disavowed himself from, but they trouble many libertarians. Um, it's very interesting, though. You hear a man like this, Julia, and you hear him say, you know, listen to what he had to say. Bob Barr was on with Glenn Beck last night on CNN, and I'd say about eight out of the ten things that he said were great. And this is the, one of the questions I have for many of the libertarians out there. Can you bring yourself to vote for Bob Barr knowing that, say, he won't stop the drug war, knowing that in some cases he would be interventionist in some foreign policy issues? Um, that in some areas he would not stick to the Constitution, for example, on um, abortion and things like that. Um, We're going to talk about this a little bit more. I want to get everybody's opinion. 800-259-9231.
control the conversation and you control the airwaves. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. I'm Gard. And I'm Julia. And that being Gardner Goldsmith, of course, uh, now called Gardner Garfunkel on the Free Talk Live VBS. I think that's kind of cute. And I uh, just want to give a little plug in. I hope people will check out uh, libertyconspiracy.com. Uh, if you want to know anything about our New Hampshire radio program, my New Hampshire program, so just check it out. I hope you have a good time. Let's get back to the phones and the fun. But before we do so, Julia, we left off previously on the program. We left off talking a little bit about Bob Barr. Um, a caller just uh, called in from Oklahoma, John. And thank you very much for the call, John. Uh, talking about how impressed he was seeing hearing Bob Barr with uh, Glenn Beck, national radio host, uh, I think number two or number three in the, in the country. He was on last night on CNN Headline News on, on Beck's program, uh, and he sounded great about many, many things. But I know, and I'm very frustrated with what happened at the Libertarian Party convention. There were some very, very strong, true, consistent, ideologically libertarian people who had the opportunity to get this, but they didn't. And I have a lot of mixed feelings about it because I know people in the very strong conservative ranks who were pushing for Bob Barr to get the nomination. They feel very, very alone in the Republican Party. And I think a lot of people can be attracted to the Libertarian Party. Bob Barr is going to get a lot of attention from disenfranchised people who were Republicans and are now very frustrated by John McCain. There is coming a time when people are going to start leaving the Republican Party. Where do they go? I think a lot of these people are calculating, let's try to get them to go to the Libertarian Party. But what does that mean? Because the Libertarian Party for a long time has been, for the past five or so years, four years or so, they have been working to sort of water down some of their planks. They have become less ideological, more political, trying to include more people who might, oh, say, like Bob Barr, have uh, things like the... um, uh, the uh, late-term abortion span or partial birth, birth abortion span, uh, clearly not a federal issue. It's not a federal issue. But he was in favor of that, and he still is in favor of that. I think what bothers me about Bob Barr is with Ron Paul, his voting record, I mean, you see that he votes constantly against the war on right. drugs, against right. the war in Iraq, which even Hillary Clinton didn't Absolutely. do. Um, Miss with, Peace Advocate yeah, himself. With Bob Barr... Uh, he voted against all kinds of awful bills, and as I understand it, he might be okay on the marijuana issue, but he's still for the uh, illegalization of harder Hard drugs. drugs. Absolutely. So he'd still be fighting the drug war. He'd still be taking my money yeah. to do something that has nothing to do with protecting me. It's not a federal issue. It breaches the Constitution. And, you know, just to keep these guys honest, he swears an oath to uphold the Constitution. It's really not that tough. It's not a matter of interpretation to say whether or not the drug war is constitutional or not. It's clearly not. Everybody knows it's not. But these people keep it up because they don't want to be seen as pro-drug. How about pro-Constitution if that's the office for which you're running? You're not pro-drug. You don't do drugs. Right. But you don't have to do drugs to be against the insane a exactly. war on drugs, and which not, wastes billions exactly. of dollars. I'm not pro-abortion. I'm not pro-late-term abortion or, or, or partial birth abortion. But a federal ban on partial birth abortions is inappropriate. It's, it's a state gonna... issue. The definition of capital murder is a state issue. That's what it's supposed to be. Now, if you look strictly at the 14th Amendment, the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment allows for lawsuits to be brought 
to say that the laws aren't protecting people equally if you want to consider that baby or fetus a human being. But that's a debate of a different issue. Uh, let's get right back to the phones and the fun. Let's go to Jim in Mississippi. He wants to talk talk to us. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live. Welcome. You're with Julian Gardner. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, I'll start off by saying I would have no problem voting for Bob Barr, and I'm a conservative Republican. Okay. Now, how do you feel about our analysis of this? And I know there are other things you want to discuss, too, Jim. But, uh, you know, I, like I said, I have mixed feelings about it. I know many libertarians are very, very upset by seeing an entrance by someone that they don't see as consistently libertarian. But I said, you know, what about the fact that he could be making some great arguments and getting a lot of attention? And they'll say, well, is it worth it, Guard? Is it worth it to do that? How do you feel about it if you're coming from the other perspective, maybe a disenfranchised conservative? Well, I, the way I look at uh, a lot of the issues on the libertarian side is that uh, you know too t- too often you, you put too strong a litmus test on the uh, on the people. Uh, one or two of the issues which I agree with you on, uh, you know, theoretically, but practically I do not. Okay, well, let me let me just ask you a couple questions then, Jim. Uh, and this, I'm going to start delving into some constitutional areas. Is the Constitution both an ideological and a practical document? I think you would agree probably yes, right? Well, yes. Okay. Now, the practical, the ideological is actually put into practice by the Constitution. So I'm accused many times of being too doctrinaire on the Constitution. And I don't even think the Constitution goes far enough, as I said. But I believe that if these guys are putting themselves up to election, they ought to be able to answer questions about the Constitution. And I would wonder about a guy like Bob Bart. I'd love to ask you your thoughts, Jim. Do you think that, say, the war on drugs is unconstitutional and if it is, I think it is, is it a factor that you would consider to be very, very important among all the other issues when you consider voting for someone? Well, I agree with you. It is unconstitutional, but there are a lot of things that, right. that are that are getting by today. Okay, okay. Uh, so in a practical sense, I think we do have to have some control over our borders and mm. some control over uh, you know what is sold to our youth and things like that. Okay, right on. Uh, and uh, other topics, you wanted to bring up a couple other things, Jim. I know you want to talk about government well, in general. I'm a, very much a businessman, a business person, and uh, I've worked for small business. i work for international corporations. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one thing that both of the uh, candidates for president, now that uh, Hillary Clinton is out, neither one of them seem to have any idea how to run a business or what a business does. And now that we have uh, the economy headed uh, towards a downturn, and I feel like it's going to be much worse than most people think. I agree. I've never been one to be a pessimist, but I am now. Uh, Barack Obama brought up the fact that here in America we're 3% of the world's population and use 25% of the energy. Oh, just a point, just a, an interjection there, my friend. One of the things that they always miss, and you might even be going in this direction, is they don't tell you how much of the world's material is produced with that energy. They don't say, by the way, we use X amount of the world's energy, but they don't. They then don't move on and say, and with that, we produce X plus amount of the world's goods. I, I agree 100% with what you're saying there, because uh, they just pick whatever they want to to make it sound like we're unfair as Americans, not mm-hmm. that we are very much a producer of goods. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, all right, so the, the thing that I uh, am looking at is that when the business 
especially small business, which a lot of small businesses are, uh, you know, teetering on bankruptcy. And, and uh, most people have heard that 50% go out of business in the first uh, two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fact that uh, the Democrats look at business in a evil sense, uh, whenever we have a bad economy, they're not going to do anything to help it. They're going to pass laws and, and regulations that cause the business people to have to spend more time filling out forms and worrying about uh, different things that uh, it's going to cost them time instead of how to run their business and make a, a profit. And, you know, the, the, the market economy, my friend, is self-regulating. That's one of the key things about it. People working for their own self-interest will come up with incentives and disincentives to get businesses to change, or they will change their own behavior if they're in business to cater to the marketplace. The government doesn't cater to any marketplace except that which helps government, and that is completely contrary to helping people in the marketplace. Hey, my friend, thank you very much for the call. I very much appreciate it. 800-259-9231, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. I was just going to say that Mary Ruart has a, a, an excellent term that I really like. She calls it the uh, the market ecosystem. Yes. She's great. Mary Ruart. She could she have been a libertarian made a great candidate. libertarian president. I would have loved to have seen her. Boy, that would have been great. But, hey... We'll talk a little bit more about the Bob Barr thing. Immigration. Uh, it was brought up by a last caller. Immigration is one of the issues that he finds is of great concern. Bob Barr, very strong in immigration. Ron Paul, also strong in immigration. This is one of the areas where I happen to disagree with them. It happens to be economic and constitutional, although Ron Paul and I agree that more immigration is helpful. More- This is Free Talk Live, where you control the airwaves by calling 800-259-9231, 800-259-9231 across the United States on air and at freetalklive.com, where you can find the archives, the BBS with thousands of entries, the, the Shrine wiki, of Female Listeners, and the Magnificent Shrine of Female Listeners. Let's tell you a little bit about this. These are women who have been validated as Big fans and ideological compadres of Free Talk Live. And I want to compliment those people for not only having the guts to defend freedom, but also to uh, show their faces and show people that they're out there. And uh, we'd really love to be able to meet all you and just head on over to Come Shrine. to Porkfest. Yeah, Porkfest would be great. Shrine.freetalklive.com. And I'm Gardner. And I'm Julia. And we're ready to talk to you. 800-259-9231 is how you reach us. A couple final comments, and then we'll get into immigration next hour. Let's get back to the phones and the fun. Mark is on the line. He's been waiting in Tampa. Hey, Mark, thank you for the call. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello? Hey, Mark, you're on, my friend. Oh, I'm, my name's Vince. I'm from Indianapolis. <laughs> oh, hey, no problem. Thank you very much for the call, Jim. How are you? Okay, listen, I got something, because you guys have been talking about freedom here and all that. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I uh, ran across an article here where uh, this gentleman who was a truck driver from Pennsylvania was killed in a rock-throwing incident from an over, interstate overpass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this judge, an administrative law judge, in 2005 sentenced this man, Robert Roberts, to 10 years in prison after pleading guilty to overpass mischief. Overpass mischief. And then mischief. in April 2007, the, this judge again ordered Roberts' release to home detention for two years 
followed by four years on probation and 320 hours of community service. Well, you know, government-appointed bureaucrats, uh, even the ones who wear the black robes, in many cases, especially those, my friend, are just not open to competition. Uh, they're not like private arbiters. Uh, people can't decide to withhold their money from them for their salaries. It's very difficult to get them out of there. The bar bars in each state are often very closed houses where people help each other out, and they try to protect each other. And uh, in my opinion, if you had voluntary societies, those societies would interact with each other through very, very well organically created, spontaneously created ju judicial systems that would have to have good reputations and they would have to cater to the consumers in some way. I don't understand why people don't recognize that private justice, private societies would recognize the individual rights of those living in them and smaller societies would interact with others. Otherwise, they wouldn't be able to engage in free commerce with them. I don't know if you go as far as I do, my friend, but when I see examples like this, it immediately makes me think, why do we have to have government involved with justice? I don't understand it. Again, it just insulates people from competition, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree with you, and I think that, you know, because this is one of the things we keep pointing up, you know, I've had to point out people in the Libertarian Party yeah. themselves here that this is how we're losing our freedoms because they don't. The victims of a crime do not have a, really an actual say. And I disagree with the this good Marshall, who was former Supreme Court justice, yeah. who thought victims. I mean, I'm not. But victims' uh, rights and you know, in victim statements being made in courts of law should not be allowed because he said it would be leading to the evisceration of constitutional freedoms for the defendants. Well, it seems to me, my know. friend, you know, it seems to me that striking the balance is virtually impossible inside the government paradigm because you're always going to have some people saying, no, you're leaning too far towards victims' rights. You're not uh, open enough to the rights of the accused. You're leaning too far to the rights of the accused. Uh, you know, we've been brought up under this government idea that we have to go to the government for some sort of uh, arbitration over our wrongs. You know, when I grew up, if we had a problem with our friends, uh, we solved the problems ourselves. And uh, you know what? If people didn't play fairly with us, we didn't associate with them. Uh, that's the sort of thing I think we should see more in the future. Personal responsibility? Personal responsibility and exclusion from, uh, from communication because you can ostracize someone. But uh, I want to say that Andre Moreau, back in 1992, and uh, Dick Body, who was his vice presidential candidate mm -hmm. for the Libertarian Party, you know, uh, stressed that you know we had to start holding people more accountable for their actions because he didn't favor the uh, no-fault insurance and uh, and things like this, you know, because we're just absolving people of their responsibilities, like yeah. Julius said. Uh, yeah. Hey, listen, great, great call. I really appreciate being appreciate you being in the audience, especially filling in for Mark and Ian tonight. Knowing there are such great callers out there is a real, real boon to me tonight. Thank you very much for the call. I appreciate Thank you it. Thank very much, It really makes our job just so much easier. <laughs> it does. Yes, it, definitely. Thank you. Stay tuned in. 800-259-9231 is the way to reach us. I'm Gardner, and she is... Julia. The awesome Julia. And we're not sure whether Mark in Tampa is still with us. Let's uh, try it one more time, see if we can bring Mark up in Tampa. Mark, are you there on Free Talk Live? Okay, then we'll move on to, oh, great, we've got Gene, the Christian Anarchists, on the line, on the AMP line. We'll tell you a little bit more about the AMP line soon. Gene, welcome to the program. This is the first time I've had the opportunity to introduce you. How are you, sir? Well, hi, guys. It's good to talk to you. Good to talk to you, too. 
couple of uh, points I'd like to make, one about Bilderbergers and one about the uh, uh, fiction government. But, yes. Uh, I'm going to start with, a, with an example. Mm -hmm. Ever watch uh, Seinfeld? Seinfeld. Who are these people? I feel like Seinfeld. Absolutely. <laughs> I love Seinfeld. Yeah, it's fun. Anyway, there was one episode where George got caught cheating. And uh, um, Jerry said to him, well, why did you cheat? And George comes back with the great line. He says, because I'm a cheater. <laughs> so uh, the Bilderbergers have been lying about their existence for over 50 years. They've yeah. constantly said that, oh, there's no such thing as Bilderbergs. You're a nutcase if you believe that they even exist. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, because of all the coverage, they've had to uh, come out and make a press release. Yeah, of the, all things. the Internet has been very successful in sort of yeah. getting information out there. First, yeah. year, first year they've ever had to do a press release. So mm -hmm. now, of course, in their press release, they say, yeah, we're a private organization and we meet and we're big, powerful people, but we don't really do anything while we're meeting. Mm -hmm. Okay, so just keep in mind when George said, because I'm a cheater, these guys are liars. So there's no reason to believe their press release. There's a lot of reason to just disbelieve it for the sake of the, uh, because of their history. Gene, so. let me ask you something. You know, I've been on the program a great deal, and I don't know one way or the other about conspiracy things. I do know that uh, politicians have their own incentives to make government grow, to continue issuing uh, new proposals for bills that attenuate my liberty or restrict the freedom of my neighbor or take or his or her property away from him through taxation or regulation. Um, do you put much stock into the the sort of conspiracy theories that the Bilderberger group is not only intent on having one world government, but that they have g had great success in moving forward their agenda on their own? I think it, it's just sort of a natural outgrowth of people accepting government in the first place. Well, of course, uh, we're going to get into in a minute, I hope, uh, the fact that government is fiction. But the Bilderbergers are not fiction because they're actual real people. And uh, so you always have to boil it down to the real people. And the real people themselves who meet at Bilderberger, and they are, of course, meeting this weekend, which is why we're, why it's a hot topic. Oh, right man, now. they didn't call. I can't believe I'm... Jeez, man. <laughs> yes, they're meeting in Chantilly, Virginia, right across from Washington, D.C. And when uh, Barack lost his uh, entourage yesterday, I believe it was, he, uh, he sent them all off on a jet plane. Uh, without their knowledge that he would not be accompanying them, and apparently had some kind of a secret meeting with Hillary, and uh, rumor has it it was with the Bilderberg group, but we don't know that, of course, because we don't have any real evidence. Mm -hmm. But the real people do exist, and the real people are constantly trying to affect my freedom and your freedom by passing bills in a fictitious government that gives them advantages over the little guys like you and me. So, yes, absolutely, they are trying to get their agenda passed and get their agenda put forward, which benefits them. Surprise, surprise. All right, Gene, let's head over to that other topic, which I think is a fascinating one. Fiction, government, I Fiction agree with government. you. Yes, tell okay, us more about this. I think we're on the same well, page. And it, it, this is kind of because I keep hearing you guys talk about the government did this. Yes, uh, true. The government right. did that. Right. And what we need to start realizing is since government is a fiction, Government never does anything, it never feels anything, it never hears anything, it never says anything. Government is a fiction. But there are real people that hear things, say things, feel things, and do things. 
So Mm -hmm. we need to narrow it down when we're talking about somebody getting their rights violated. Don't say it's by the government, but point to the person who violated that right. If it's a legislation, if it's some bills that were passed, then there were congressmen responsible for violating that right. Accountability. I like that. Accountability. It's right. somebody's at the bottom line. Somebody Call them. Call them for what they are. Gene, you're a good man. Thank you very much for getting us in in this last part of this hour. We've got one more hour on the way. Hour number three coming up of Free Talk Live. Conversation by calling 800-259-9231, the SACL, CAI, toll-free line, I am Guard. I am Julia. And we are filling in for Ian and Mark, 800-259-9231, the SACL, CAI, toll-free line. It's Free Talk Live. It's freetalklive.com. Head to the website. Check out all the great free things that you can find there. And if you're thinking about going over to Amazon to buy something, don't forget to go through Amazon, it's Free Talk Live, Amazon.freetalklive.com, and you can link over to it and buy everything, and Free Talk Live gets a little portion of it. It's a great idea. We'll tell you more ways to support Free Talk Live in just a little while. Our number, 800-259-9231. We'll get right back to the calls and the fun in just a moment because this is your program, and you control the direction of the conversation. I did want to address one item that we were discussing in the last hour, my friend Julia. I feel very pleased to be filling in for Ian and Mark tonight. This is really, really cool. Um, If people are unaware of it, uh, I usually am, am here on Mondays with Ian and Mark, and I do my own program in New Hampshire every Monday through Friday. We deal with New Hampshire issues, national issues, and international stories that I think from which we can derive some sort of a lesson, some sort of idea about freedom, something that people can take with them after they leave the program. If this is the first time you join Free Talk Live, this is the sort of thing that Ian and Mark do all the time. They give you things to think about after you're done listening to the show, and I can't compliment them more highly. One of the things that was brought up a little bit earlier, Julia, was um, someone supporting Bob Barr and talking about how he also supports Ron Paul. I thought Ron Paul was a good guy, and I agree. And he believes that there are some very important things that need to be done by the federal government. For example, taking care of the borders. Now, I'm really interested to hear what you have to say because Gardner is an expert on the immigration <laughs> issue. I've I've been, heard, I heard you speak at Porkfest last uh, year, and oh, that's it right. was excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, Thank you. I, I appreciate that a lot, Julia. And uh, I put it in Live for Your Diet. It's in my book. That's at Amazon. And it's all for, also, you can link to it uh, from my website at uh, libertyconspiracy.com. I have a new book called Live for Your Die. And when I was working on it, I was in conversations with a number of people, one of them, Sheldon Richmond, the great writer for the Foundation for Economic Education. And I looked at the arguments by conservatives. Uh, there are two sides to this argument, two facets of it. The first facet of it is the economic argument that people make. And I'm just going to go through this quickly because I think this, this needs to be addressed by those people who are afraid of immigrants. Uh, people shouldn't be afraid of immigrants coming in and competing to do jobs for less money. Because by doing something for less, that allows us to hold on to more of our money. The entire idea of a productive economy is to be able to get more for your effort, not less for your effort. So if you can buy a product for less, 
you will have money left over. Now, many Americans say, but guard, but guard, we've got to protect Americans who could do these jobs. Well, the, the thing that you've got to remember is they constantly say, if only the employers would pay a good wage. The employers pay based on what the product will garner in the marketplace. It's up to the consumers to decide. And who are the government people to say, no, you have to make this product for more by hiring these people rather than these people? That is what we're doing. We're getting government involved with free market choice. If somebody wants to employ somebody who is more expensive, let them go ahead and do so and compete in the marketplace. The consumers If you don't want to hire immigrants... Don't hire immigrants in your business. But don't tell me that in my business, I can't hire somebody who wants to work for less. Absolutely. And is happy doing so. You know, Julia, during the Republican primary debates, Rudy Giuliani and Mitt Romney got into a big lover's tiff, lover's quarrel. (laughs) Because one was calling the other uh, an an immigrant, an illegal immigrant uh, harborer in his state, that Rudy Giuliani didn't go after illegal immigrants. And then Rudy Giuliani said, well, you had had an illegal... Could he go after illegal immigrants? It's, it's just, it's just a ludicrous notion that we could actually eliminate all of the illegal immigrants in this country. Well, that that is perfectly leading into the second facet of this, Julia. It's, and, and you, boy, well, obviously you you you're all set to, to just let loose on this thing, and so am I. But and we'll we'll stick with the economic thing for just a minute because. These guys are having their argument, right? And then Rudy says, well, you know, uh, Governor Romney, you had illegals working on your, on your mansion, on your estate in Massachusetts. So Romney denied it, and then later it was proven that he did. And then he said, in a later debate, he said, well, you can't expect the homeowner the person who has hired a company to come in and do yard work, which is essentially what was happening, landscaping work on his house, you can't expect the homeowner to have to take the time to check the immigration status of all these people. It should be the business that does this. And I said, do any of you people understand economics? Do you know what you're talking about? If the business does it, you're going to be paying for it down the line. And if you do it, you'll be paying for it down the line. You either do it yourself, Mitt Romney, and take the time to do it, or you pay the guy who's hired them, and you work longer hours at your job to pay him higher wages to do the work himself. Either way, you're going to pay for the service that has to be done. Either you're going to check it and take time out of your productive day, or the other guy is going to check it, and you're going to have to take time out of your productive day to pay him to do it. The entire idea of a productive economy is to be able to do less and get more. If you can get immigrants to do a job and they can do it for less, that frees up more money. And guess what? It turns out that during high periods of immigration in the United States, legal and illegal, you did not see dramatic losses in wages. There was a macro study done by Julian Simon for the Cato Institute a number of years ago. They did they looked at five studies of very high periods of immigration in the United States and they did not see high losses of native jobs or decreases in native wages, the people who are already here. And the reason why? Because more consumers had extra money left over in their pockets and that allowed them to spend it on other new startup ventures which did what employed people you see an expansion of employment when people have more free capital there's sort of this idea out there that if enough people come here that will run out of jobs but it's ludicrous because as more people come to this country we need more products and services Precise. therefore right. people who want to make money 
fill that void, more jobs are created. Absolutely right. When we had, I mean, what was the population in this country 100 years ago? I have no idea. Do we have that number of jobs here today? No. As more people come here, more jobs are created, more opportunities are created. And it's ludicrous to suggest otherwise. And one other point before we go back to the phones and the fun uh, here at Free Talk Live is this. If you look at if those of you who are conservatives, many conservatives are very, very concerned, and we mentioned this last night, that there's going to be a national ID. They've been very worried about this for years. Well, look at where you're going. Mitt Romney and Rudy Giuliani and, and even people like John McCain are starting to talk about it now because they've been pushed into it by conservative talk radio. They want to have the businesses have to check the employment status of everyone. What does that mean? That means you have to have a right. national ID. That means ID. I'm going to have to have a card to prove exactly. that I was born in America. Precisely. Which inconveniences me because you have a problem with brown people. Right. And these are conservatives who typically say the federal government doesn't do things very well. But they want to rely on the federal yeah. government to border patrol. We just read it uh, briefly, talked about federal agents who have girlfriends and are helping them Border become patrol legal. agents. Yes. Exactly. And, and, and they the get paid off to, to bring these people. Are you telling me that you honestly, as a Border Patrol agent, would not take $50,000 to sneak someone over the border? Of course I not. I think I would. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's open to more corruption because it's a closed circuit. You don't have any sort of competition. And, and the final point to be made on this, which I think is so essential, beyond the economic arguments, if you're a conservative and you're listening to us, maybe you're new to the program, you're saying, you know, this sort of strikes me as a little bit uncomfortable, please, please, please take notice of this and take stock of it and think about it for a little bit. If you are a pro-constitutionalist, Please look at the United States Constitution, because I've heard people like Mark Levin out of New York on WABC talk about this and others. They say that it's very clear the federal government has a role in controlling immigration. Well, when we come back, I'll explain to you why that is quite erroneous. The federal government has a role over naturalization, not immigration. It's very complex. It's in the Constitution in Article 1. We'll tell you about it, especially for the conservatives who might be listening to us. This is Free Talk Live, 800-259-9241. Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. You control the conversation by calling the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Don't forget the SACL Fun Tent, which will be at Porkfrist this week, coming up in New Hampshire. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll tell you more about that. Right now, I want to give you a little bit of information. Are you thinking about investing in real estate in New Hampshire? Why are we talking about New Hampshire so much? Because it's a great place. It's still awesome. Mark Warden is your connection to homes, rentals, and land in the free state. Look for him next weekend at Porkfrist. Fest in the exhibitor's tent, Mark Warden. He's a first 1,000 member of the Free State Project and your Porcupine Realtor. Many thanks to Mark and many thanks to you in the audience and the folks who log in at freetalklive.com to see all the great things there. One uh, final point, Julia, we were talking about immigration because I think uh, unfortunately, this is a, a real strong line of demarcation between real hardcore free marketeer economist type people and people who are 
in, in many ways, uh, are, believe they're very patriotic, but I don't think they understand the Constitution, and in many cases, they don't understand economics. Oh, yes. oh I, sorry. I was, Go ahead. Can, I was going to say there are two things about immigration that I would like to briefly bring up. The first is that a, a lot of people's problems with immigration and illegal immigrants coming here is that they will that we have to pay for them, right? They get to go to our schools. The welfare they get state. to exactly. Which, by the way, um, I doubt there's many illegal immigrants on welfare because they would have to provide paperwork and all that jazz to the government to do that, and they don't want to get caught. So they're probably are not too many illegal immigrants on welfare. You never know inside the inner city they might be doing stupid stuff. If the problem is welfare, get rid of welfare. And then the only people that will come here are people that want to make a good life for themselves and want to be productive. It's been a a real bone of contention for me among conservatives because I've seen them, instead of talking about repealing the welfare state now, which conservatives used to do, uh, their their real line of attack is stop immigration. And then maybe later they'll look at the welfare state. Like North Korea. Yeah, and that is is a real problem. Okay, let's let's turn to that idea of, of having the borders built up. A, they're taking land by eminent domain now, splitting farms in half in some cases. Like, if I own a piece of property on the border of Texas, maybe I don't want your stupid wall in my backyard. Exactly. And this is where we come down to the constitutional side of it. Uh, For those who are not familiar with it, um, there... The the federal government was not involved in immigration policy until 1875 with a Supreme Court ruling that was uh, as bad a precedent as Roe versus Wade or the Dred Scott decision, but it has not been overturned. Uh, it basically, it ceded power to the U.S. Congress. Prior to that, as is written in the Constitution, Congress had power over naturalization, not immigration. And I'll give you the information about it uh, very quickly. The case, the 1875 case, dealt with, as Julia had mentioned to me off the air, Chinese immigrants. Why? Because a bill was passed to try to stop low-wage Chinese immigrants from coming in and working in the mines in California and working on the Transcontinental Railroad. Which is the other point that I wanted to bring up briefly, and that's that this has happened before and it will happen again. Whenever a new group of people come here, the Chinese, the Japanese, the the Italians, the Irish, the blacks, I mean, the list goes on and on. This is the reaction that we get. Yes. And it always works it, out the same. It's not necessarily, you know, some people might be prejudiced about it. A lot of it has to do with nativist worries over being displaced from their jobs. And I understand that, but I hope people will open their eyes to the larger picture that you want to be able to get things done for less, not more. So you want to get cheaper labor and the consumers will answer themselves. But on the constitutional issue, for you conservatives who are real, real strong on the founding fathers and things like that, just check this out, Okay. Uh, I mentioned in my book, in, in Live for Your Die, another plug there, which is kind of cool, but um, I, I mentioned that it's noted that the Constitution explicitly grants the federal government power to control immigration after 1808 only in the states that existed at the time. It's very important. If you look at Article 1, Section 9, that is what it says. Now, under any strict reading of the Constitution, the immigration issue is verbally tied to the importation of slaves. Under the, according to the Constitution, Congress was forbidden from regulating the importation of slaves or other people in the states existing at the time. That is the wording of the Constitution. And there were powerful political reasons for this. 
If it had not been written, the southern states probably would not have signed on to the Constitution. This is very, very clear. There's a lot of history about this. It's not supposed to be a federal issue in any of the other states. This is so, so important, especially for conservatives who suddenly are saying that the federal government can do the job of controlling the borders. They do everything crappily. Why are you suddenly giving them that power? Now, here's how it stood at the time. By the time the Constitution was written, the Northwest Ordinance had already banned slavery in the Northwest Territory. Southern agricultural interests were reluctant to sign on to the Constitution without some kind of assurance that their way of life would not be immediately threatened by northern states exercising great power in Congress. As a result, they came up with a three-fifths compromise, right? They made each slave count, so-called, as three-fifths of a man for the purposes of representation. How compassionate. (laughs) I know. Wonderful. Now, after the Constitution was written, the Missouri Compromise was achieved. This set a standard for the process of admission of states from the territories of the Louisiana Purchase. And remember how that went. The northern free territories and southern slave territories would alternate in admission. Remember that? It was slave-free, slave-free, that sort of thing. Now, think about this. If the federal government could set the rules regarding new state importation of slaves, or in this case, immigrants in general if we want to broaden the issue and try to try to somehow excuse the government's involvement in anything other than the original states, if they could do it outside the original states, then there would have been no need to decide which territories could gain admission in what sequence, slave-free, slave-free. It wouldn't have mattered because the territories themselves, once they became states, could then have restrictions placed on them regarding whether or not they could have slaves imported. So it's very clear that Congress does not have any power over the importation or immigration of people outside the original states. Read the Constitution. Check it out. I know it sounds doctrinaire, but please read it. And I'll just add this. This is what Thomas Jefferson said in 1798. And I wish people who listen to the conservative talk radio programs and think that they're patriotic would tune into the words of a guy like Jefferson. He, he says, quote, resolved. This is after the Alien and Sedition Act. Resolved that alien friends are under the jurisdiction and protection of the laws of the state wherein they are, that no power over them has been delegated to the United States, nor prohibited to the individual states, distinct from their power over citizens. And it being true, as a general principle, and one of the amendments of the Constitution also having declared that the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution, nor prohibited to the states, are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. The act of the Congress of the U.S. passed the 22nd day of June, 1798, entitled An Act Concerning Aliens, which assumes power over alien friends not delegated by the Constitution, is not law, but is altogether void and of no force. And I'll just point out uh, one final thought, uh, actually a couple other little tidbits. Um, The Texas State Constitution, which was approved in 1869, had a provision for a Bureau of Immigration. Why would they have a Bureau of Immigration if they thought immigration was a federal purview? Nobody looks at these facts in history, and you can also look at other cases that were brought up throughout the United States Supreme Court history where the validity of state controls over who came into the states was never questioned. It is a state issue. It is not a federal issue. And I hope that conservatives will remember that. We'll get right back to the call soon, Julia. What do you say? Yep. All right. 800-259-9231. Hope we laid that out for you. You might disagree. It's a good place to do it. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk 
control the conversation by calling the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. I am Gardner. And I'm Julia. And we are filling in for Ian and Mark on this great Saturday night all across the country. So many stations tuned into us, and uh, great work, Ian and Mark, and all the people involved in signing this program on, because uh, those guys do awesome work. And I think big kudos need to go out to the audience. You, you members out there, I often call the members of... My radio audience in New Hampshire, the Radio Think Tank. And uh, it's just the same here. Great, great people. Uh, Julia, let's get back to the phones and the fun. Let's go to Tim, who's on the line in Wisconsin. Tim, you're on Free Talk Live, and thank you for waiting. How are you, sir? Hi. Uh, I just wanted to share from a, a, a goals project that I've been working on that has a, a cool header banner at the top, you know, with the, the title in, my, in cool Microsoft Word art, you know, lettering um, about. Uh, the, with the introduction and and the first goal, uh, you know, being about um, you know goals for you know fighting for freedom, mm-hmm. and the introduction I have uh, after hearing enough from alternative news sources like the Alex Jones Show, TakeBackWashington.com with William Lewis, The Power Hour, Free Talk Live, and others about how our constitutional and God-given freedoms, which is just what I'm calling them, are being taken away from us a little at a time. I have realized that my first goal priority under God and the things of God is to get making enough money to get free of having to live on Social Security and, and also be able to support them of those alternative news sources by ordering their videos and spend money to travel to their events to help in the fight for our freedoms. I have realized that if enough of us don't do this, we can end up having it where we'll just have to forget about all the financial success, nice cars and houses, because all those in our government who want to push their evil new world order on us will have taken all our rights away and will not allow us to achieve any of it. And then just to make it stand out, you know, clear to me, I have, you know, some of that in that, in that introduction, you know, as goal one, making enough money to get off Social Security disability bill to afford to order the books and videos and other uh, materials from the alternative news sources that effort well. put in, as well as spending uh, money to travel to freedom rallies and other events, including participating in the Free State Project in New Hampshire to help fight for our freedom. Well, Tim, there's a lot to think about. One of the things that I hope we can derive from your call, and thank you for the call from Wisconsin, by the way, is how important it is to sustain and and spread these alternative avenues of news and information. Uh, I'll be very worried if Barack Obama becomes president. That that is one of the distinctions between Barack Obama and uh, and John McCain, and I uh, obviously is a distinction without much of a difference. Uh, Barack Obama would try to reinstitute the the uh, fairness act on on uh, on broadcasters which would destroy talk radio uh, everything would move to the internet at that point and then they'd start regulating the internet not fun let's continue with the calls at 800-259-9231 brian is on the line and wants to talk to us about bob Barr. hi brian welcome to the program where are you calling from brian um, well, I'm in uh, South Bend area, Indiana. Hey, great, great. I love getting calls from Indiana. It's uh, Stephen Goldsmith, the old mayor of Indianapolis, I think, is an old relative of ours. So uh, hopefully uh, people still like that guy around there. What what can we do for you tonight, my friend? Well, I was going to – I just wanted to say a little bit about why I think there's a – it's problematic with Barr and uh, the, possibly the Libertarian Party is kind of the same problem the Republicans are having. I'd like to make one quick comment before that. Um, I have no problem with uh, – you talked earlier about – you know, letting the free market, you know, get rid of some of the bad eggs and stuff. And hmm. I have no problem with that as long as we don't bail them out oh, so when they right. do make mistakes. So right. Absolutely. We were talking about uh, about the government getting involved with propping up businesses and, 
uh, it, well, essentially licensing the government uh, doing protection services like, oh, I don't know, the FDA, uh, food inspectors and, and certification and things like that. And well, it's just ridiculous to think that the government is going to protect us. Yeah. And, and you're right. The government shouldn't come through afterwards if people make mistakes. Yeah, like bailout savings and loan, and you know, then there's Enron and all these other guys. It's yeah. Like, you know, come on, let them let them go under. We'll have to suffer for a little bit, but let's do it. But yeah. anyway, back to the, the point. Uh, one thing I've been saying for a long time is uh, uh, one problem the Republicans have been having lately is they've had this kind of uh, group of you have these uh, religious right that kind of had they all kind of they all kind of overlap in many of their ideologies but they have differences too and i i put like the religious right i put the uh, fiscal conservatives and the law and justice conservatives and the business conservatives and the whole immigration what you said is just so right on and and that's one example where you know the business conservatives have been saying for a number of years well okay fine you know you religious guys you can have your gay uh, you know you can go against gay uh, rights or abortion, just don't step on our toes. And now with immigration, you know, it's a lot of the, that, that you know, law and justice and the religious right that's now coming in and stepping on their toes. It's, it's being done with all the, you know, the businesses are stepping on the other guy's toes. And it's, one of these, it's been an uneasy uh, uh, grouping that they've had for a number of years, and it's just been to this point where they're, you know, like I said, they're, they're getting in each other's business, and, like, the business doesn't like, you know, having to deal with, uh, you know, bringing up the immigration issue and stopping their cheap labor. But, you know, I see a little bit. Oh, sorry. Go I, ahead, Brian. I was going to say, I see a little bit of that possibly happening with the Libertarian Party. Yeah. As you probably know, there's there's differences there. Um, you know, there's part of the Libertarian wing that says, uh, you know, Roe v. Wade was bad. And there's another part that says, you know, individual rights, the women have the right to choose, you know, and you can go into other minor areas. But I, with this uh, new nomination, I, I have a feeling they're. There might be too many. Uh, there's some overlapping, but there might be too many differences. And I kind of, I don't know if there's a lot of connection between uh, Barr and um, uh, uh, oh, Paul. Mm-hmm. And I, I think there could be some potential problems there. And if it festers like the Republicans have been festering over the last few years, stepping on each other's toes. You know, who knows what's going to happen. Well, uh, it's a great call, Brian. I agree with you. There's so much to address, and thank you for the call. Uh, Julia, I know you, you want to hop in on this, too, so uh, I'm going to step back and, and let you hop in in just a sec. I just have to say that oh. one of the things that I know is that there is a big movement in Washington, and I know a lot of these people who have said that if Barack Obama wins the election, that would actually be better for the Republican Party, for John McCain to lose, because it would show the Republican Party that their approach to try to water down the principles of the party and so on and so forth has been a failure, and they need to get back to their conservative, pro-constitutional, limited government, small market, uh, free market, small government ideas. Um, I... You know, maybe it could get readjusted for a little while, but I think the tendency is for it to get corrupted. And I think in microcosm, what we're seeing with the Libertarian Party is is that constant schism. Uh, if you want to attract more and more people to your party, uh, you're going to have to try to remain consistent intellectually, or are you going to try to water things down to get more people to join you? It's tough. It's very difficult. I really, really hate the idea of liber- the Libertarian Party going in a... Uh, like right direction. Mm-hmm. The reason why is because I feel like the Libertarian Party has always been sort of middle ground, or I mean, it's nothing like it's it's, it's equally 
you know, Republican and Democrat. Yeah. There is no, it, it's supposed to be in the middle. And I think that would not draw people like me, who I used to consider myself a liberal, in. And a lot of people will make the claim that Republicans are more likely to become libertarians. I don't agree with that statement at all. Especially nowadays, I think, uh, no. with what everyone has seen with the I, Fourth Amendment procedures of the of the uh, Bush administration, I, the way that they've conducted this so-called war. You yeah, know? I feel like I could make the claim equally that uh, Republicans are less likely because they have more of that law-abiding side to them. The uh, more of, like people should mm. obey the law Recognize and the authority. exactly and mm. on issues like drugs and mm. sex, they're terrible. Wow, wow. So Let's I continue. just hate the idea of the Libertarian Party going towards I the know right. What you mean. Continuing with the calls, eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is how you reach us. Chris is on the line in Miami. Chris, welcome to the program and thank you for holding. How are you? Hey, doing pretty good, guys. And by the way, Cliff, but it's all right. Oh, you got it, Cliff. Uh, That's my mistake. Yeah. Sorry. Hey, first of all, I want to tell you guys you're doing a really good job as far as uh, subbing for uh, for Ian and Mark. Thank you. So Thank kudos you. To that. <laughs> also, um, I, I would suggest that if anybody listening to this uh, to this uh, broadcast tonight would seriously, seriously uh, consider coming after because of the fact that I just became an app, and I think it's a good idea. This, yeah, I think this this point of view is a point of view that's not really heard of, uh, heard very often. Chris, this is so, so good. We're going to hold you over. Hold on the line. We'll bring you back first up, and the rest of the audience get ready. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. This is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and how cool is that? Darn cool. You can control the conversation at 800-259-9231. This is Gardner. And this is Julia. And we're having a really good time. You know, it's weird. Sometimes you get on the, on the air and you're like, oh, I'm really serious. And this is blah, blah, blah. This is important. And now I'm just in a really goofy mood. I don't know what it is, Julia, but you and I were talking off the air about peanut butter sandwiches. And uh, I have to tell you something. This is a, a really funny thing. We'll get right back to the calls. <laughs> I, I knew a guy. When I first worked in radio, I knew a guy. I had brought in my lunch. And I said, I had some extra stuff. And I said, oh, do you want some? And he goes, no, no, I have, I have my lunch. And I was like, oh, what do you have? And he said, uh, peanut butter. I was like, oh, man, I love peanut butter. And he goes, yeah, I have peanut butter all the time. And I was like, oh, me too. And he goes, no, I have it all the time. And I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, I, that's all I'll eat. And I was like, wow, that's all you have for lunch? He goes, no, that ever. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I was like, wait a minute. You get up, and what do you have for breakfast? And he goes, peanut butter sandwich. I said, and what about lunch? He said, well, I bring a peanut butter sandwich. So what about dinner? Uh, peanut butter sandwich. And he, I said, uh, what? He says, yeah, um, my parents are, are taking me to a therapist. I was like, how do you get – it was just totally bizarre. He was a great guy, too, and I, I hope but everything turned out But he had some sort of freakish obsession he, yeah, with peanut butter. Peanut butter is good. Sandwiches. I yeah. mean, but, you know, like, once I was like, a do day. you want to have steak? Mm, no, peanut butter. <laughs> Hamburger? That, that's really funny because I'm someone, I have severe food issues and I'm very picky about what I eat and I eat a lot of the same things over yeah. and over again, but yeah. not the same thing for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, so oh, that man. makes me feel a little better about myself. Yeah, I know. I feel a lot better about having my Lucky Charms every day. Eight, 800 <laughs> 259-9231. Let's get back to the phones and the fun. Chris is on now, the line in Miami. It's actually Cliff. Oh, Cliff. That's right. Cliffy. Cliffy. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> 
All right. I, was mention, I wanted to mention one last thing about the AMP program and then move on to my point. The last part was, I think even if you guys out there that are listening wanted to donate $1, I think you have the option of donating a single dollar. Even as a one-time donation, just do it. Yeah, let's but tell anyway, people um, what the AMP, uh, AMP, uh, uh, the AMP does. The AMP program allows people to get on a regular pattern where they click on the AMP program at freetalklive.com. And they can provide money that Ian and Mark put directly into marketing and amplifying the program to other and promoting it to other radio stations. And that's that's what they've been doing this weekend. They've been meeting with people and uh, trying to expand the If you want to spread this message, AMP. It's yeah. cheap and it's effective. It works. And it's it's uh, you can do three dollars a month, seven dollars a month, or just like Cliff said, you can do a dollar a month. And Cliff, sorry to jump in there, but it is. It's a great. It's an ingenious idea. It's a really good idea. Yeah, I definitely think so. But um, to get to my point, um, the reason I called you guys is something I've been struggling with as far as um, the um, the anarchy view. Mm-hmm. And the anarchist view to me is uh, is an ideal view for people that understand it and people that you know, people that understand it basically, people that are intelligent enough to understand the the concept. Uh, um, sorry, and the repercussions that will come. You know, if you break or break some of the taboos, I guess you can call it. Yeah. But my problem is, most of society, to be honest with you, have been brainwashed by this, you know, fascist system. Yeah. So with, when, you, when you try to, you know, bring people to this, you know, straight to that point of view, it's really hard for them to take because they don't really get it. And I think that if, you know, let's say, for instance, tomorrow, you know, all governments were to be abolished and everybody were to be free, I think you'd have a chaotic situation. I agree. anarchy. I agree with you 100%, and I do not. I think it's a terrible idea to eliminate the government tomorrow. Obviously, it would never happen. But I think that, um, I don't think that, I honestly don't think that any anarchists out there really call for that. I feel like this is a goal that we are working towards um, smaller government, smaller government, and hopefully we can get to the point where we can all just mostly get along and function on a, on a voluntary basis. Um, yeah, and you know, uh, I think, Cliff, that part of it is going to come from not trying to do it over a very large-scale geographic area. One of the uh, most important things, I think, is to start off very small in a small geogra- geographic zone. For example, privatization of highways out in California. Yes, Great prove example. that it works. You know yeah. what I mean? One by one. Like, oh, look, we can do this without government. Maybe this is an area where we also could do without. We could do better and, and it cheaper. Is, it is well, going to be really hard. Yeah, the way I look at it, actually, you guys can do both, and you're proving it by Free Talk Live if you think about it. Because even though you guys are working out in New Hampshire, you're reaching out all over the country. I'm calling you from Miami. Yeah, just to give you an idea. Yeah, you, know, you know, we're working on both levels. Isn't isn't yeah. it, isn't it neat too, Cliff, to meet kindred spirits this way? You know, I mean, here I am. You know, I, I get to fill in and hang out with Julia, and I just love hanging with Julia. It's great. And Ian and Mark is so much fun to to, to do a show with. And you're the kind of guy we could just sit down and you know hang out in a room with for hours, just having a, a really good time. And and so you're a kindred spirit in a way. It's nice to know. Yep. Yeah. And actually, I'm really thinking about moving to New Hampshire. I think it's a great idea. Just a matter of trying to gather all the finances, you know, get everything properly established and. Then I'll, you know, I'll go ahead and do that. Well, one I hope. Last point, then. Yeah, one last point, and um, you guys might think this is crazy, but I need you guys to actually sleep on it and think about it, and I guess on the next show, you know, give me some feedback about it. But I think what would be a, a really good presidential, like, uh, vice president would, or, or team would be, believe it or not, Barack Obama and Ron Paul. Because to me, those are the two diverging views, and they, they both understand the Constitution and do have a uh, certain appreciation for the Constitution, because as you guys are probably aware, Barack Obama was a constitutional professor. So well, he understands the fundamentals of it, even though he's a socialist. Uh, I, so I think, it's, 
It's it's very difficult. I'll tell you what, Cliff. We'll we'll ruminate on that one, and next time we'll we'll talk about that a little more. We'll let people think about it in the audience. Thank you very much. Thank you for the call. Okay, next up, Julie. Yep. On Cliff's point, I just wanted to say I feel like it's about changing hearts and minds, like Ian says, one at a time. It's not going to happen overnight. This is going to take time, but hopefully we can get to that point. I like that. All All right. right. We should go to the next caller. Who do we have up next? Uh, last thing I have uh, listed is uh, Cliff. Did we get to? Yeah, we talked. All right, to we'll just too. put him on the air. I forget who it is. <laughs> okay. All right, go for it. You're on Free Talk Live. Who do we have? Hey, it's Todd from Michigan. Todd, baby, what's happening? This is a man How's who calls. Going, man? Oh, my man. Hey, Todd, are you coming out for uh, Pork Fest, or are you going to be in Michigan? Try to come to Park Fest. All right. If you can't make it, no problem. We we have plenty of other opportunities. What can we do for you tonight, sir? Well, uh, I just wanted to make a quick, a couple of quick points here. One, I bought your book, Live Free or Die. Hey. Dot com. Uh, it's a great book, um, guard. I, I just started reading it, and it's a fantastic book. There's a blog for your book there, by the way. Thank you very much. Awesome. Oh, Thanks. Yeah, and um, the, the, the the real reason I, I actually did call in tonight was because of the Bob Barr. You guys were talking about uh, Bob Barr earlier tonight. Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you, I don't know if you guys watched the Cobra Report, but um, he just made a complete jerk out of uh, libertarians when he said, well, when, when Cobra asked him, well, how come there haven't been any good libertarians running? Well, he goes, well, there haven't been any good libertarians running. And I thought that was a slap oh. in the face Oof. to people like Steve Harry Cubs Brown. And oh. Harry Brown and yeah. Mary Rewards. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a complete slap on their face. Yeah. And I thought, you know, for somebody that's like him to say that, um, get, is, is actually proof enough that this is the man that you do not want to vote for. Boy, talk about and, no uh, respect for the people I who... Just, uh, I am just literally disgusted yeah. with this. And I know that there are a lot of libertarians in the party. They won't come out saying this. I think this is like deep down inside. But I think they're really having second thoughts about uh, the whole nomination. I just don't think they want to admit it. But Well, Todd, now that I've heard that, on a personal level, uh, you're getting me even more inflamed about this. And I might have him on my show. I don't know. I, I actually am personal friends with the people who are helping him on his campaign. And I know their agenda, and they're nice people. Uh, but I, I don't like hearing that sort of, uh, you know, that, that dissing of jerk. those guys. That's that's really bad. Todd, excellent call. I'm glad you were able to squeak in, and I know we're up against the clock, but uh, we'll definitely talk to you again. You're one of the good guys. Thank you very, very much for no the problem, call. Bud. You got it, brother. A little lost reference there. Yes, my man. Awesome. And one final call. Yeah, we, we have one in. more call. It's Bill in Florida who wants to talk about immigration. Hey, Billy, what's happening, buddy? Hello, sir. How are you doing? Can you hear me okay? Yes, yep. sir. Really good. Okay, I just want to point out a couple of quick things. Benjamin Franklin said that the Continental Congress, that the rural bankers would destroy this country in 200 years because they're very secular, they don't share, they control. Uh, going a bit farther, President Lincoln was approached by rural bankers. Uh, they told him that if they could end the Civil War, they could give all the money he wanted. And they said, what's the interest rate? And they told him, they said, forget it. Going a little bit farther, during the Cold War, uh, there were thousands of American soldiers that were uh, kidnapped by the Russians. And uh, in, in closed doors in Washington, D.C., they had a place called the Brookings Institute, composed of world bankers, and they decided that uh, the thousands of American soldiers, including the Vietnam, the Korean veterans, you know, Korean prisoners, uh, there's no way to rescue them in Russia, uh, that if the American public finds out it would create a, a third world war, we'd lose over between 8 to 11 million casualties. 
And the reason I'm calling your program is that there's a U.S. ambassador, John J. Miller, that's fully aware of the situation. He's fighting for public knowledge. He'll be glad to verify this information. Also, General Westmoreland, who was in charge of all U.S. military organizations in Vietnam, said you have to check the information out. It's called Soldiers of Misfortune. We're definitely going to have to check it out. Unfortunately, the clock is not allowing us to discuss it anymore. We sort of ended it as we started, Julia. Thank you very much for the call. You got it. Appreciate it. Hey, Julia, it's been great to work with you. Absolutely. Uh, This has been Guard. And Julia. And this has been Free Talk Live. Go to freetalklive.com for a lot more. The sound files are there. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.